TII item 486, September 15th, 2019, iPhone 11 event. It's okay. In this episode, we talk about the Apple September event, Apple Arcade, Apple TV Plus, iPad 7th Gen, iPhone 11, 11 Pro, and 11 Pro Max, speculation on 2020 iPhones, a Kickstarter project, plus listener feedback, all covered in depth starting after the intro. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gordon! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Welcome to the show. I'm your Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Porter from Porter's Podcast and my son for sending in the music you hear in the background. Porter said, hey, Dad, this song was recorded on an iPhone using GarageBand. The song is called Don't Be Mad, But I Lost My iPhone, and I transferred it to your computer using AirDrop. Regards, Porter. Well, thanks to Porter for the music, and folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Neil for sending in the artwork for today's show. Neil wrote the following. Rob, here's some original art inspired by Jeff Bridges in the movie The Big Lebowski. Apps used graffiti designer and Apple's photo app. Go to neilbarbosa.com to check out more artwork, and that's N-E-A-L-B-A-R-B-O-S-A.com. Regards, Neil. Well, thanks, Neil, for sending this in. And folks, you can see the artwork in the free TI app bonus button for episode 46 or at instagram.com slash today and also at facebook.com slash today if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your ios device that you would like to share with the audience please email to me at today at gmail.com please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music on the last episode i said the following quote for rumors, my source AC says that Apple has the invites for the September 10th event queued up and will be sending them out later on the morning of August 29th, i.e. later today. So depending on when you hear this, the invites, none of which are addressed to me, will be going out to the press, inviting them to Apple's Steve Jobs Theater for a special event on Tuesday, August 10th at 10 a.m. Pacific time, where, of course, Apple will introduce the 2019 iPhones and a few other things. Well, that's not written on the invi- invite, that part about what will be announced, just the when and where. We'll see if my source AC is on the ball, unquote. So how did AC do? Nailed it 100%, even down to exactly when the invite was going out and exactly what was on the invite. AC, of course, stands for Apple Calendar. Little inside secret, folks. When you read blogs talking about unnamed sources or sources familiar with the matter, Yeah, for the most part, 99% of the time in tech press, they are just guessing too. Per my source AC, I just looked back at my Apple calendar to see what Apple did in the past, and they were completely predictable on that invite, just like they were on the Apple event itself on Tuesday. Nothing surprising or shocking, or one more thing exciting. The event itself, overall, was just okay. Just okay is not okay. Okay, um, I mean, alrighty then. Let's get into the actual Apple September 2019th event. If you were someone looking for an iPhone SE replacement, a new MacBook, new Apple TV, or a 5G iPhone, yeah, let's just squash those hopes and dreams right now. None of that was announced, nor was any of that at all expected. 
But yeah, I know it's always good to dream. Apple likely will have an October event of some sort. So maybe some of that will happen in October. But enough of what was not announced. Let's go over what was announced or talked about. There was a two-minute intro video followed by Tim coming out and breaking with tradition, not doing one of their normal wrap-up, how-are-things-going montages. Rather, a short, how-do-you-do-folks, and at three minutes on the nose, they get into the Apple Arcade. It will have over 100 exclusive games, which are made for iOS, iPadOS, tvOS, and macOS. You will find these in the Arcade app at the bottom of the App Store app. They did a few demos. First up from Konami was basically a Frogger ripoff. I mean, it was okay. Just okay is not okay. Then came out Capcom with a deep sea game that looked pretty good. And then finally, Perina, I mean, Anna Perna Interactive with a Minion Rush clone, which looked okay. Just okay is not okay. Again, Apple Arcade will have over 100 exclusive apps, and the pricing is $4.99 a month for your family, which is much better than okay. First month is free as a trial. It will be launching September 19th in 150 countries worldwide with a select number of apps and more rolling out after that time. I think the $4.99 price comes in at a nice level, especially since it is for your family and not a single user. Next up at the 13-minute mark and no seconds, Tim came back to talk about Apple TV+. He mentioned three of the show trailers combined had been viewed 100 million times, then rolled out a new trailer for the show C. Initially, I was going to start this episode with just the review of C and then say, oh yeah, Apple also had some other announcements. But really, the C trailer was the item I was at least most excited about from the Tuesday event. So Apple kind of had a 90-minute event built around the C trailer is one way to really look at the event. For Apple TV, it will launch on November 1st. It will be $4.99 a month for the family, so very reasonably priced. And if you buy an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac, or Apple TV, you will get one free year of Apple TV+. When it comes on November 1st, it will be released in over 100 countries. And in part of the presentation, Tim's excitement in delivery for this product at least seemed like he was channeling a little bit of Steve. Just a little. When it rolls out on November 1st, it will have some show titles available. No word on specifically which ones at launch, but would guess as a minimum it'll be C, The Morning Show, Dickinson, and For All Mankind, as those are the four that they've talked about the most. More on this as we get closer to the November 1st date, but they really had me at For All Mankind. To put that $4.99 price in perspective, Hulu is between $6 and $12 a month. Disney Plus will be $7 a month. And by the way, this announcement caused Bob Iger to quit the Apple board. He's the CEO of um, and chairman over at Disney. Uh, Amazon Prime Video is $9 a month. Netflix is between $9 and $16 a month. And HBO Now is the highest at 15 a month. But you will definitely get much less content with Apple TV Plus than the others. So hence the lower price. But nice to see the price point where it is. Next up at the 20-minute mark, Tim introduced Jaws to the stage. 
to talk about the iPad, and he introduced the 7th Gen iPad. First big change is going from 9.7 inch screen, as all the previous gens were, to the new 10.2 inch screen. They also added the smart connector, which means it supports the smart keyboard, and it also supports the first gen Apple Pencil, meaning it is a lightning port. It is using an A10 processor. Yes, the processor released back in 2016, so a few gens back on the processor side. But I guess they went that route because they wanted to be able to sell it for just $299 for those with education discounts and $329 for those of us that don't have said discount. This is for the 32, not enough gigabyte version. For the 128, just enough gigabytes, it'll set you back to $429, which is still pretty good. If you want the cellular version, that bumps you up to $559. But let's say in most cases, people do not have the educational discount and they go with the 128 gig Wi-Fi only model and then want the smart keyboard and the Apple Pencil. The total cost in that scenario would be $687. The keyboard is $159 of that and the Apple Pencil first gen is $99 of that price. That $687 with the Apple Pencil or $588 without it is around half the price of the lowest priced Mac laptops. So overall, I was impressed with this gen update of the iPad and the pricing around it. This really is Apple's way of trying to compete with lower cost laptops from everyone else. You can order this now and delivery starts on September 30th. When you now look at the full iPad lineup, all iPads support an Apple Pencil. Lightning models support the first gen, and the iPad Pros with USB-C support the second gen. And only the iPad Mini does not have the smart connector and hence does not work with a smart keyboard. At the 28 minute mark, Tim was back and next up was the Apple Watch Series 5. They shared some stories with lots of yada yada, save my life, yada yada going on. To cut to the chase, the biggest new feature for the Series 5 is the always on display. And it is what it sounds like. The watch face is always on, so a quick glance and you can see your watch face. No need to lift up your wrist to make it come on. So if you're in a position where you can't actually lift up your wrist, or you don't want to lift up your wrist to make it obvious, you can look down and see what the time is. Apple is claiming the same all-day battery life as the Series 4. It will be interesting to see if you can actually turn off always on and what type of extended battery life you can get if you do that. Currently with my year-old Series 4, I still get two days and a night of battery life. I walk out the door on Monday morning, get on a flight, do a presentation, sleep over, fly back on Tuesday. By the end of day Tuesday, I'm typically in the 5-10% battery range, depending on usage. But that is typical. Wonder if on the Series 5, if you get the same life with the display always on, and how long it would go if you can turn it off. Apple showed some neat new tech on how they do the always on display. The other new feature they added was a compass to the Series 5 watch. It is the same size or sizes, I should say, as the Series 4, 40 and 44 millimeters. It does support the new S5 processor, and this is up from the S4 in the Series 4. There really is not a reason I personally see to upgrade from the Series 4 to the Series 5, not really even to upgrade from the Series 3 to the Series 5. But if you are on a Series 2 or older, then yeah, definitely can see the justification. Per the new Series 5 and the versions they offer, 
or aluminum. They offer silver, gold, and space gray color. For stainless steel, it comes in gold, space black, and the only, only, only one you should really actually buy, and that's stain for stainless steel, that is, and that's the polished version. I mean, honestly, why would you pay more for the stainless steel and then get gold or black? No one can tell you spent more money. But Polish Model sends a clear message that, yes, you have more money than you know what to do with. Speaking of which, there are two titanium models that have been introduced, silver and black, and they brought back a ceramic model, white model. Series 5 starts at 399 for the 40 millimeter, 429 for the 44, both the Wi-Fi or as they call them GPS models. But realistically, you want cellular, and that is 499 and 529 respectively for the 40 and the 44 aluminum versions. Looking at the top end of the 44 millimeter versions with cellular pricing is the following. 529 for aluminum, 749 for stainless steel, 849 for titanium, and 1349, yes, 1349 for ceramic. You can order the new Series 5 now, and deliveries start on September 20th. Per the Series 4, it is no more, but the Series 3 lives on, and pricing now starts at just $199. It is $299 for the cellular 38mm version, and $329 for the 44mm cellular version. Overall, Apple Watch update was okay. Just okay is not okay. At the 47 minute mark, Tim moved to the iPhone segment. And when I say they were switching segments at the 47 minute mark, I mean they were switching on the second on each of these segments. And this one was at the 47 minute and zero seconds. iPhone comes up on the screen. I mean, very, very polished keynote presentation. They had the timing down. Apple starts out by saying the iPhone XR 10s and 10s Max combined for a 99% customer satisfaction, which is Apple's way of saying uh, we're not going to do anything radical or revolutionary this year. Some would say, heck, they are barely doing anything evolutionary, but that's for another episode. Per new iPhones, it's pretty much what was predicted end of last year and into the spring for any of the major updates. I could not find anything announced this week that was not hinted at, at least prior to May, outside of one new color and possibly the um, surround or the surround feature for the sound. Um, per the announcements, the new iPhone 11 replaces the old iPhone XR. There are six colors, purple, white, yellow, green, black, and Project Red, gone or coral and blue, replaced by the purple and green. It still has a 6.1-inch display. The display is actually the same as a 10R, or at least all the specs look identical. They introduced spatial sound. That was what I was talking about. That's new from, with Dolby Atmos sound. And they added a second camera to the back. There are now two 12-megapixel cameras, a wide camera, which is basically the same as the one in the 10R, and the new ultra-wide camera with an F. 2.4 aperture with 120 degree field of view. The iPhone 11 has the new night mode, which is the mode that brings it on par to many of the high-end Android phones. Night mode is probably the best or one of the best two new features overall or improvements overall this year for the iPhones. And again, it is just getting Apple up to par, which 
I am very glad they did. It was hard to even remotely try to justify the iPhone's poor dark light um, camera performance. So whenever there was bad lighting, Apple iPhones typically, well, they fell down on the job compared to all the Android phones that they were being compared to. Apple has also added a new high-key mono feature. On the video side, the 11 supports extended dynamic range up to 60 frames per second versus the 30 frames per second on the 10R. Video now has a 2x optical zoom out to go along with digital zoom up to 3x. So zoom out means a wider field of vision. Zoom up means, well, zooming in. They added audio zoom, which focuses where audio is coming from. That can be a neat feature depending on how well it works. And they added a feature called quick take video, which is when taking regular picture and you're in regular picture mode, you press and hold down the shutter button and then swipe to the right and it switches to filming mode or the filming video. They made some bigger updates on the front camera going from a 7 megapixel to a 12 megapixel camera. And you're now able to record 4K video from the front facing camera. And they added slow fees, which are slow motion selfies uh, video. Um, yeah, great. Wow. was really hoping for that. Other key changes are the processor going from the A12 to the A13 Bionic chip with the third gen neural engine. It is the fastest CPU ever in a smartphone, according to Apple, and also has the fastest GPU ever. Battery life is one hour longer than the 10R which was the best of the iPhone 10 series last year. Water resistant now to a depth of two meters versus the one meter for the 10R. And there is now a 256, ah, that is a good amount, gigabyte storage. They did also keep the 64 and the 128 gig options, meaning three options for the iPhone 11. See, I can add two and one. While the overall dimensions, length, and width, and height are the same, you cannot use the same case as the 11 has a dual camera and a big square camera bump versus the 10R where it was just the smaller one. Anyway, the flash is improved as well. They added a bigger flash. That's part of that big camera bump. The iPhone 11 goes to gigabit class LTE and supports 802.11ax Wi-Fi 6 with MIMO. And it has ultra wideband chip. Apple did not mention that, and in the notes on the site, it says available September 30th, 2019, and availability varies by region. It still supports wireless charging. It comes with the standard 5-watt iPhone charging brick. Pricing for the iPhone 11 starts at $699, so a little drop from last year's 10R pricing, and that's for the 64-gig version. The $749 price is stuck to the 128-gig version, and 849 for the 256 gig version. You can pre-order now, and availability starts on September 20th. I should say this when they start shipping. As of Saturday the 14th, some models are still showing September 20th for delivery, as in white, black, and Project Red. Others are into October. By the way, the 10R is still for sale. Selling price now is at 599. At the 68-minute mark, they transition to the iPhone 11 Pro and the iPhone 11 Pro Max. As expected, triple rear cameras on the all 12 megapixel, all of the 12 megapixels, with the ultra-wide camera being added. Phil Schiller, 
was doing in the introduction and started by saying, this is the first iPhone to be called Pro. Guess that means no more ports and you need dongles for everything? The iPhone 11 Pro replaces the iPhone 10s. The iPhone 11 Pro Max replaces the 10s Max. Same screen sizes, 5.8 for the Pro and 6.5 for the Pro Max. The resolution on the screen goes, or I should say, the screen contrast goes from 2 million to 1, and that's versus 1 million to 1 for the 10s Max. It also has more brighter nits, so it's a brighter screen. And the screen gets a new marketing name, Super Retina XDR, versus only the Super Retina HD on the 10s series. Wow, okay, guess you got me, Apple. Going to XDR makes me regret only having an HD designator on my screen. Apple did say the new display is 15% more energy efficient per colors. This year, there is space gray, silver, gold, and the new midnight green. Huh? I mean, I know about midnight cowboy, midnight snacks, midnight in Paris, and even midnight on the Orient Express. But the midnight green thing? Um, yeah. Okay. So it has a hex number, 004953, but still... The only possible explanation is the color was being picked back on February 5th, 2018, and Apple said, well, let's go with the Eagles official color. So if you're an Eagles fan, enjoy this likely one-year-only color option, which is the same as your team's color. On the inside, the iPhone 11 Pros also get the A13 Bionic chip, and Apple said the A13 has two big key differentiators, machine learning and low power. On the machine learning side, the chip can perform 1 trillion operations a second. And the low power comes from the advanced 7 nanometer process used to fabricate the chips. The chip has four CPU efficiency cores that are 20% faster and 40% lower power than with the A12, and two CPU performance cores that are 20% faster and 30% lower power than the A12. On the battery side, the iPhone 11 Pro gets four hours more than the 10s. And the 11 Pro Max gets five hours more than the 10s Max. The iPhone 11 Pro Max now has the longest lasting battery life of any of the iPhones. And here's an email sent in asking about the Pro Designator. Hi Rob, am I missing something? Or is this the only difference between the 11 and the 11 Pro, an additional camera and a better screen on the Pro model? As they are describing proness of the new Pro model, they kept referring to what I, it can be, you can do because of the power of the A13 Bionic chip. If the less expensive iPhone 11 can do everything the Pro model can do, with a few minor exceptions, I don't see the need to pay an extra $400 for a telephoto lens. Regards, Benji. Well, Ben, first, you did not mention the midnight green. That is a differentiator, too. And with the Pro model, it comes with the 18-watt fast charger and USB-C to lightning cable, as it should have last year for the 10s Max. But anyway, and you can drop in double the depth of water as before, with it being good down to four meters of water. But yeah, I do have an issue with the Pro name, as it is Pro in name only. Heck, we did lose 3D touch as rumored, so back to haptic touch. You do get both a 2x optical zoom in and 2x optical zoom out along with a 10x digital zoom up 
for the cameras. The wide camera looks to be the same as with the 10s series. The telephoto camera is new with the f 2.0 aperture versus the f 2.4 aperture in the 10s series. And there is the new ultra-wide camera, which is the same as we talked about for the iPhone 11. The 11 Pros also get the extended dynamic range for video up to 60 frames per second and has audio zoom and quick take video as well. The front-facing camera on the 11 Pros is the same as the 11. Cellular and wireless options are the same as the 11. Pro is a nice marketing name, but not one rooted in any significant difference for the iPhone 11. So Ben, yep, agree. It seems the pro name could have been held back for an actual, you know, pro step up for future phones. Apple did also say the 11 Pros have stronger glass and enhanced face ID and night mode um, with, it's for all the 11s. And it does look to be pretty good. But as mentioned before, was more about getting Apple up to the bar, not about setting the bar any higher. Pricing for the 11 Pros are $999 and $1099 for the Pro and the Pro Max, respectively, if you choose the 64, not close to enough gigabyte version. It goes to $1149 and $1249 for the 256 good enough gigabytes version and $1349 and $1449 for the 512 more than good enough gigabyte versions. So yeah, I guess the pricing is more pro-ish per pre-orders. They're going on now. Shipping starts on the 20th and some are still available to ship on the 20th. The iPhone 8 and 8 Plus also remain in the lineup with the 8 starting at 449 now. And as I mentioned earlier, the 10R is also still in the lineup. At the 95 minute and 30 second mark, Apple switched to Apple Retail, and that was all about trade-in offers. Up to $300 off the 11, up to $400 off the 11 Pros, depending on what you trade in. At the 99-minute mark, Apple started the wrap-up. Overall, the event time spent on each product line was 10 minutes for the Apple Arcade, 7 minutes for Apple TV+, 8 minutes for the iPad 7th Gen, 19 minutes for the Apple Watch Series 5, 21 minutes for the iPhone 11, and 27 minutes for the iPhone 11 Pros. There was five minutes in the intro and outro combined and four minutes on retail. Overall, 101 minutes versus last year's 107 minutes for the September event. That event lasted one hour and 47 minutes, and 66 minutes of that was on the iPhone, 28 spent on the Apple Watch, 9 on the intro video for intro video and rah-rah speech, 2 minutes on the HomePod, and 2 minutes on the outro. That means Apple Watch saw 32% less stage time this year versus last year, and the iPhones had 27% less stage time this year versus last year. And the presentation overall was 5% shorter. As I said to start this pres- this whole segment the presentation overall was okay just okay is not okay i did send out a push notification on ti app when pre-orders went live and asked people to tell me what they ordered here is some of that feedback hi rob i pre-ordered a 256 gig iphone 11 in product red thanks for the show regards john d in utah hi rob ordered an iphone 11 pro 256 gig space gray I currently have an iPhone 10s 256 gig space gray 
AT&T purchased under the Apple monthly program so I can upgrade annually without a problem. Long-time listener, Orland. Hi, Rob. I ordered the iPhone 11 Pro 256. Don't need it, just want it. I'm on the annual upgrade plan and did the pre-order prep steps through the app. Just took minutes to complete and the transaction was over this morning. I currently have the 10s 256 silver. Thanks for the show, Randy in Pittsburgh. Hi, Rob. I thought about upgrading solely for the night mode camera feature, but ultimately I decided not to upgrade this year. I'm sticking with the iPhone 10. Hopefully there will be a more compelling reason for an upgrade next year. Keep up the awesome work show. Regards, Ben in Clovis, California. Hi, Rob. Just got off the phone about 40 minutes ago, having placed my iPhone 11 Pro Max order for its 512 gigabyte in the green. Seamlessly, I did it through my carrier and was told to expect my delivery on launch day the 20th. Can't wait. Thanks for all you do. By the way, what's happening with the rate of which episodes of TI are released? Any way we can help? Kind regards, Tosin. Well, first, hi, John, Orland. Randy, Ben, Dosen, and others that sent in feedback, thank you. Per Tosin's question on the show, work in the podcast space has really kicked up a few notches and then some the last couple of years. I travel a lot more than in the past. Now this specific episode was delayed until the weekend because I was in Pittsburgh earlier this week during the announcement at the Lipson's main office, and I had traveled the whole week before that as well. So to help, get out more shows, it helps to have more listener feedback. That can be anything, a question about something announced or a product review or of an Apple product or an accessory, good or definitely bad, let us know. If you see interesting articles, send me a link. A good example will be this next story from Eric. Getting voicemail messages really helps, 206-666-6364. That is 206-MOON-DOG or email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks for all that do send in items and all wanting more frequent shows. Please help out sending in more listener feedback. And as mentioned, here is an email from Eric. Hey Rob, pleasant surprise the other day when out of nowhere, my Vizio TV said it was now AirPlay friendly. Is this a known thing? I had no idea. So I tested it out and not only does it work for mirroring, it actually better than Apple TV for streaming local content. For years, every generation of the Apple TV lost frames when I tried to play local videos from my iPhone or iPad to the Apple TV. It would skip frames during playback, and I always thought it was the Apple TV version or the HDMI cable or the Wi-Fi or whatever. But now with Vizios, it's fluid, perfectly smooth, like it should be. How is this possible? Is it a hardware or software thing? What is AirPlay anyway? Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or both? By the way, my Vizio is at least two years old. And on my end, it was an over-the-air software upgrade. So whatever hardware it uses, it was already there. Here's the latest story, and he sent a link. As always, love the show, Eric Boyles. Well, thanks, Eric. And from the article, it looks like this over-the-air update for Vizio TVs was for those TVs going back to 2016. Vizio said, quote, SmartCast 3.0 is full of added value for Vizio customers. With both AirPlay 2 and HomeKit support, users can now share movies, TV shows, music, and more from their favorite apps, including the Apple TV app, directly to SmartCast TVs 
and enable TV control through the home app and Siri, unquote. And Eric, I want to thank you again because my Vizio TV updated and it is working great as an AirPlay. I didn't even realize it until I got your email and I went and checked and yep, I'm able to stream and it does, like you said, it works really, really well. It works better than doing it off to the Apple TV. So kudos to Vizio for getting it to work so well uh, on the 4K TV, especially. It looks really, really nice. This episode, I want to talk to you about podcast hosting. Did you know the ratio of blogs to podcasts is over 1,000 to 1? You want to stand out from the crowd? Podcasting is the best way. There is more time in the day for people to listen to podcasts than for them to read blogs or watch videos. This allows you to get out in front of your audience when they are driving a car, walking the dog, working out, or even working. Podcasting will help differentiate you from your fellow coworkers and help if you want to speak at conferences and events. Plus, podcasting is fun. It is something I've done now for almost 15 years. And are you looking for an idea for a TV show? How about a fan cast for the TV show C or for All Mankind? These are sure to be hits. Television shows, your podcast, you're going to have to work on those. Plus, Apple would likely give you some promotion love for a podcast on those shows. So now's a good time to launch those. And the best place to host a podcast absolutely positively is Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. And if you use promo code PODCAST411, you will get the rest of the current month free and all of next month free. For any that do start a podcast on Libsyn, if you send me a trailer of your podcast, I will play it on a future episode of TII. Libsyn, for those that do not follow the podcasting space is the largest podcast host by number of active shows, active episodes, and total number of downloads. It's also the very first podcast hosting company started in November, 2004. Beyond it being where I host TII and work, it is where Joe Rogan, Dan Carlin, Mac OS Ken, Mac Cass, Dave Ramsey, Joyce Meyer, eBay, HBO, even Microsoft host their podcasts. Again, just use promo code podcast 411 to get the rest of the, this the month you sign up in free plus all of the following month free. Into the email bag we go. Uh, Rob, the new iPhone 11 is set to launch on September 20th, and those who want to be one of the first to get their hands on this device and get some great cost savings too should head to samsclub.com to pre-order. You can pre-order um, from the site. Note this page will go live at 8.01 a.m. Eastern Time on the 13th, um, and it'll go until through the 15th. Uh, Sam's Club members who pre-order an iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, or iPhone 11 Pro Max will receive a $200 gift card with the purchase and activation on installment between Friday, September 20th and Sunday, September 22nd. All major carriers will be participating in these offers, Verizon, Sprint, AT&T, etc. Pre-orders for the new devices begin on samsclub.com at 8.01 Eastern Time, September 13th, and continue through September 15th. Best regards, Judy. Well, thank you, Judy, for that heads up. Hello, Rob. I was in the Austin area and working on my iPad, and it is the newest one, the 12.9 2018 model. I'm running an iPad OS. I noticed something interesting. As we were driving through, instead of LTE, it had 5G. I'm sure it wasn't on 5G, but I thought... It was strange to see that there. Any thoughts? Thanks for the show. Regards, Conrad. Hi, Conrad. 5GE is what you probably saw, and it is 5G Evolution, which is a marketing name. 
and not really 5G. Sadly, this is somehow allowed and confuses many. Hi, Rob. So I recently had an eventful holiday when I put Apple hardware, my iPhone XS Max, uh, to the task, using it to film myself and daughter snorkeling in the sea. Needless to say, I learned the hard way that when Apple says water-resistant and not waterproof, they meant it. 490 pounds later, I have another iPhone XS Max and an overdrawn credit card. At least it was good to know it wasn't my life on the edge with uh, the iOS 13 beta that trashed the phone. Shame I have nothing to show for underwater adventure. Next time I'll go for the GoPro, which is much cheaper, I'm sure. Anyway, just wanted to share my experience so others can learn. Thanks. Keep up the good work. Guards, Tosin. Tosin, thanks for the heads up. And yes, folks, remember, even at four meters with the new iPhones, you still don't want to be going out snorkeling with this. And uh, four meters is still not that deep. And it's only for half an hour. And it's water resistant, not waterproof. So depending on how everything's going, how long you've had the device, if you bumped it or bounced it or anything like that, you're likely to get some leakage. So it's it's meant as an emergency, you know, drop it in the pool, you can pull it out and it's okay, but not for something you should be in the water with for any prolonged period of time. There are always articles that come out after new iPhones are released speculating about future iPhones. And I looked at some from prior to the September event to give a list of items people wanted for future iPhones that were not announced for the iPhone 11s. Number one is 5G. This was not really expected this year and likely will be the top new feature for the 2020 iPhones. I think every, almost everyone's going to agree on that. Power sharing um, was another item that was mentioned quite often. Um, already the Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus can charge other Kawhi-based devices when you put them on the back of the phone. And the iPad Pro currently charges the Apple Pencil too, so Apple has some experience there. This comes down to, do you want to give a friend's phone a boost at the cost of your phone's battery life? And does Apple think that is a good use of your battery for you, ultimate, you know, how does, what's the ultimate end user experience you get out of doing this? Sonny Dixon says, hardware-wise, all is already there in the iPhone 11s to support this. But Ming-Chi Kuo is saying it was disabled due to charging efficiencies, i.e. not meeting Apple's expectations for your user experience. I guess more on this one, once iFixit tears down the first iPhones and lets us know if it really does have all the hardware in place. But I wouldn't be surprised if it does have all the hardware in place and Apple just said, yeah, it's just not the user experience we were hoping for. Dual Bluetooth connectivity. This one was rumored as a possibility for this year. Maybe it'll happen next year. Foldable display? <laughs> no. Not for this year, not for next year, and likely not for a long time. Too much reliability issues. See Samsung foldable phone debacle. Yeah. No, no, no. Full screen touch ID? Some are saying that part of the reason that 3D Touch went away was to set up for full screen Touch ID. And as the name suggests, you put your thumb or finger anywhere on the screen and it unlocks. What I don't see addressed is, would this be an addition to Face ID or would this replace Face ID? 
micro LED display, eventually we will see Apple get away from LCD on the lower end phones, but only when pricing comes down for OLED. And that might mean going right to micro LED, which unlike OLED, there is no organic in it. It is supposed to be in theory in the long run, cheaper to make and have better color qualities, plus be thinner and immune to burn-in. Samsung introduced this recently for big displays, and it is rumored Apple is working on micro-LED for their use in smartphones. But best case is multiple years before Apple brings it to market. Mobile 3D scanning. I think we mentioned this on the last episode as a possible future feature, but not this year. It would be nice to see where your iPhone had the ability to scan an object in 3D, and then you could quickly do a 3D print copy of said item. E-passports is, is one item for now. I don't see. This is where you would actually replace your passport with an e-passport. I do see a little issue here with people lose their phones or drop their phones, break their phones, go snorkeling with their phones. And doing it when you travel is an inconvenience. But having it as your passport when you're out of the country is a lot more than an inconvenience. Even if Apple does solve this issue and the U.S. government and other governments let you use your iPhone as a passport, I would still 100% carry my physical passport with me just in case. A couple of other items to look forward to in the future. iPhones, maybe. Support for the Apple Pencil 2. This is not meant to be a major use case. It would just be nice that when you have an Apple Pencil from your iPad, it also worked on your iPhone. Promotion, the higher refresh rate we have on the new iPad Pros. You know, that'd be nice to see that on the high-end, or the Pro iPhones. And I did some air quotes there, by the way. And USB Type-C port, I think eventually we're going to see iPhones going to that. Probably 2020. Uh, we'll see. Uh, if not 2020, sometime in the future. Um, 2021, probably the latest. Let me know what features that did not happen this year on the iPhone 11s that you would have liked to have seen, you, you would like to see next year for the 2020 iPhones, especially ones that would get you to buy a new iPhone if you didn't buy one this year, or get you to upgrade even if they you did buy one this year. So what was features that you would like to see that other than what we just mentioned, what are some other features you'd like to see, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to us at todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I'm concerned about iOS 13 when it is released and would think for the first time I really should maybe wait on this one. I am conflicted, though. Maybe you can clear this up for me. I always hear how you should keep your operating system up to date and also when they release iOS versions... They then make public all the security fixes. So is remaining on the old version putting yourself at risk for bad actors just probing the internet for those security holes? That is, of course, if there are any that can be taken advantage of remotely. Also, I know previously that if you didn't update for a little while, if you had your device charging, that it would eventually just download and go ahead and install whatever update is out there. I know there is a switch to turn off automatic updates, and I keep that off, but does it still try to do that update on its own? Regards, James M. James, for no dot updates, i.e. 13.0, it's, it's a dot, but say 13, 12, 11, you need to wait. There are always, always 
bugs, sometimes major ones. These updates are not about security updates. Double dot updates are 12.4.1, etc. Those you should update to within a week or two. For iOS 13.0, I do not recommend for anyone based on some bugs still being there on the latest version of the beta, the last version, wait until iOS 13.0.1 as a minimum, which should be coming out shortly, and even wait a week or two there or more. But for now, do not release the hounds. And if you have automatic downloads turned off, every now and then you will get a message about updating to, and, and the options are really three, but it looks like two. They are, yes, do it now, or two, do it later, which you think you are saying no, but really saying yes to do it later when charging. Then finally, there's the, no, don't do it. So ultimately what happens is if you say yes, you do it now, it updates. You say no, choose later. Then it asks you to put in a time in your passcode. If you put your passcode in, then later when it's charging, it will upgrade. But where it asks for the passcode at the bottom, then you can say, no, remind me later. And then that's kind of the way of saying no. So to get to that third option, the no, you actually have to say later and then later again. Don't put in the passcode if you don't want to upgrade. A Kickstarter project to mention is called Air Alley. It's a four-in-one portable wireless charger that has a 10,000 micro uh, amp, a milliamp hour battery. So you can charge your Apple Watch and your iPhone and your earbuds case all at once. It comes in a nice portable design. It offers 10 watt wireless charging plus 18 watt corded charging. So you can also be recharging via cord a device while charging your iPhone, your AirPods case, and your Apple Watch. It looks like it will be 84 US dollars, but it is listed as 653 Hong Kong dollars when you go to the site. Don't make sure you don't you understand that it's not showing US dollars. Expected to live to deliver in December 2019, so might make it in time for a nice Christmas holiday gift. You have until September 30th at 8:39 a.m. Central Time to fund this one, and they are already way past their goal, which was 20,000 U.S. with 192,888 U.S. already raised. Actually, it's a little bit higher because I just purchased one or ordered one. Um, again, this is one I backed. I, as you know, I travel a lot, as I mentioned earlier. So anything to make traveling a little bit easier. It really looks like a cool project. Um, now let's see if this one ships on time or is like most others and misses by a couple of months. To find this one, search for Air Alley, A-I-R-A-L-L-Y, at kickstarter.com, or look for the link in the show notes for episode 486. Hey Siri, what's up? I'm pondering eternity. It's taking forever. Hey Siri, what's up? I'm reading the dictionary. Don't tell me how it ends. Hey Siri, what's up? Just thinking about the physics of elastic and inelastic collision, via the dispersion of kinetic energy and the conservation of angular momentum. In other words, bowling. Hey Siri, what's up? Just practicing names. Ask me to pronounce your name. Hey Siri, what's up?
Making a lot of phone calls. This mom person is very popular. Hey Siri, sup? I'm going over these nutrition facts about almonds, just in case something new is going on almond-wise. Hey Siri, sup? I'm trying to do one thing every day that scares me. Like for example, doing one thing every day that scares me. Hey Siri, sup? Just responding to 3 million people calling out, hey Siri at the same time. I want to remind you again, if you are looking to do a podcast, there is only one podcast host you need to look at, Libsyn. Sign up with promo code PODCAST411 and get the rest of the month free and all of the next month free. And if you do that and send me a trailer for your show, I will play it on a future episode of TII. Just go to libsyn.com and use promo code PODCAST411 when signing up. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you created on an iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated MeWe community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And when you go there, you need to request to be added. I have two questions. First one is to quickly weed out the Android fanboys. I ask, which is better iOS uh, better OS, iOS or Android, and the Android fanboys can't bring themselves to say iOS. They say either or both or Android, and instantly they are rejected. So yeah, it is a nice, safe Android fanboy-free zone, and you can ask questions or post articles about pretty much anything Apple-related. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or, or, an, or an iBook author, Email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. Just need five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Also, please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Finally, check out the TII app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released or there's breaking news. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app or get the update. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Lipson.com and part of the Lipson Media Network. If you are looking for podcast hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can be found everywhere you listen to podcasts. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Overcast, Stitcher, and everywhere else you listen to audio.